Hello, New Jersey Devils fans, and welcome to the Locked On Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julia Kender, and I'm here to bring you the latest and greatest in Devils news and analytics. How are you all holding up during this long, almost entire week of no Devils hockey? Because it's driving me crazy. We just got hockey back, and now it's gone again. Oh well, it'll be back in two short days now. Until then, you'll have to deal with me keeping you company. So there are a few things that I want to talk about on today's show. Things like Nico Heashier's injury, the Binghamton Devils announcing their captaincy, and some more. But I wanted to start off with a new segment that I'm going to call Leadership Lookout. So Leadership Lookout is going to be highlighting vets on the team and what they're doing for the team. Well, not just vets, but anybody who really takes the initiative to be a leader on the team. Because the Devils locker room really prides itself on the brotherhood. Even calling back to P.K. Subban's Instagram where he referred to the team as family, leadership is important. And now don't get me wrong, it's important in any locker room. But I feel like it's exemplified more in the Devils locker room. The Devils really have done a lot to take Jack Hughes under their wing and get him acclimated into the NHL. So there are two vets who have shown great leadership so far, and they are Taylor Hall and Corey Schneider. So let's start with Hall. Hall went up to the management staff and told them that he wanted Hughes' stall to be let be by his own in the locker room. This kind of shows how he wants Hughes to feel accepted by the team and that they're welcoming him right off the bat. I feel like it would be a little intimidating for Hughes to get to the locker room and see that he's sitting next to Taylor Hall, but also reassuring in a way. It's little things like that that can really make an impact on Hughes and how he acclimates to the team. Another teammate who is going above and beyond is Corey Schneider. As many of you know, he's basically adopted Jack Hughes into his family. His entire family has welcomed him into their home and are trying to make this transition into the NHL for Jack just a lot easier and smoother for him than, you know, it could have been. He's an 18-year-old kid. Now I'm saying that as a 21-year-old kid, but he's 18 years old and he's brand new to the NHL and he has a lot to think about, especially because he has all of this hype around him being the number one overall pick. But the Schneiders have welcomed him into their house Um, they gave him a bed, they cook for him, and now I'm not saying Jack doesn't do anything, but it's just nice to know that, you know, he kind of has a surrogate family, or like a billet family, like when you're in juniors. Um, I think it's really important for a young player to have those vets that they can look up to, that they can trust, that they can build these relationships with. I really think, um... Having somebody that he can live with is going to help him in the long run. It'll help him this year, but it'll also kind of help him down the road. Um, I have a few instances of when this has happened before that I just want to call to mind. Um, UC Saros and Pecorine of the uh, Nashville Predators. Um, the young Finnish goaltender moved in with Pecorine and Pekka kind of showed him the ropes. He showed him how to like really cook good meals for himself. Um, they obviously drove to the ring together. Um, 
So that's one example. Another example is the Flyers, Claude Giroux and Danny Briere. Danny Briere also took in Sean Couturier later on. Um, I think that is just really great for these vets to be showing this leadership and this initiative, wanting these young rookies to live with them so they can kind of, you know, show them the ropes, I guess, and get them more acclimated to the NHL so they don't feel so alone, so they're not living in some apartment all alone by themselves, not sure what to really be cooking for themselves and, oh, am I going to be late to the rink and stuff like that. It's just little worries that they don't need in their lives because they're trying to, you know, make it in the NHL. Um, And I just think that with Corey Schneider, he has a family and he and his whole family have been so welcoming of Jack Hughes into their home. Um, Corey actually reached out to Ray Shiro first and was like, hey, if Jack Hughes needs anywhere to live, he can live with me and my family, which I think is just so great. Um, I recall in an uh, article that I read, uh, Corey Schneider said that he would have done it for Nico Heeshier. However, his wife was pregnant at the time, so the timing didn't really match up. But it just shows what kind of guy Corey Schneider is. Now, we all know he does some great charity work. Um, he works with an animal shelter. He's rescued all, I think, all of his pets. Um, he's just kind of an all-around great guy. And I think it's really important for Jack to be living with somebody like that right now. And I think it's going to really help him in the long run. And I think that, you know, down the road when Jack's older and, you know, he has a first overall coming into his team, or not necessarily a first overall, but a rookie coming into his team, he might be one of those people who's like, you know what? Yeah, come live with me, kid. Like, I'll show you, I'll show you how it goes. Okay, now switching gears, I kind of want to talk about Nico Heeshier's injury because he didn't really shy away from talking about it to the media, which I found really great. So most guys, you know, they won't give too much information on their injury. They'll be like, you know, the GM called it a upper body injury. That's all I'm going to give you. You know, they don't speak to the media so openly or as openly as Nico did. Um, so Nico, in uh, a post-practice media scrum, was talking about his injury, about how he got run into the boards uh, in his rib area and how it was almost funny. He was like, yeah, it hurts to take face-offs and to turn and to breathe. And it's like, okay, Nico, if it's hurting to breathe, you should not be playing. Um, but he eventually took, kind of took himself out of the game because he knew he wasn't going to be helping the team. Um, and we haven't really seen him since. So Nico didn't really sugarcoat his injury when talking to the media, which I think is just really great. Um, I really like having that openness between player and media. I think that's huge for uh, the fans. Um, And I also like that the players don't really feel like they need to be hiding anything. Not that you're necessarily hiding an injury when you don't talk about it, but it's it's just a nice little thing, I think. Um... In other news, for Nico's injury, he should be ready for Friday, so I will be tweeting about that, and you will be getting a podcast from me Friday night after the game. Just a little plug there. Um, 
but lucky for the Devils, Nico should be ready to go. And honestly, he is so missed out on the ice. Granted, we've won, but Nico's just such a crucial player for the Devils that not having him on the ice is noticeable. He's such an important part of that first line that when he's gone, you know, it's like a missing piece. But soon he'll be back and we won't have to worry about that. So that is great news on that front. On the topic of injuries, I kind of want to get into, okay, before I even say anything, I need to preface this with I'm not saying he's injured, but Taylor Hall's been taking a lot of maintenance days. It's a little concerning. Again, not saying he's injured, but I do think he might have rushed back from his knee injury. This is all speculation. This is all, you know, what Julia's thinking right now. But I think that all of these maintenance days, you know, they're not encouraging uh, to be seeing. Um, There's no reason that somebody should be taking this many maintenance days this early in the season. Um, I just feel like he's always taking maintenance days. Like every time I look at somebody like Amanda Stein's tweet, she's like, oh, Taylor Hall's not on the ice today. He's a maintenance day, you know? And it's a little concerning. Um, I really hope that I'm pure, like, I really hope I'm just overthinking this. Um, but I want to know what you guys think. Do you think that these maintenance days for Taylor Hall are a reason to be concerned? Um, or are you guys like, no, Julia, you're being crazy because I could be, I could be being crazy right now. Um, I'm just, I worry that he rushed back. He's not playing like he's injured. You know, he's not out on the ice, you know, struggling to keep up. He's not playing like he's injured in any way, but I feel like maybe he's still in that rehabbing portion of the recovery that he should have been you know paying a little extra attention to because you know even if he did rush back and he's like fine now he could re-injure it easily or like easier um I don't really know obviously I'm just talking like saying what I think um but I don't know tell me what you guys think about Taylor Hall's maintenance days because To me, there's just a little bit of a reason to be concerned in my head. There's just something in there that's saying, like, this might not be, you know, completely normal. All right, switching gears from injury world, let's go into uh, talking about some different players. So the main player that I want to talk about today is Nikita Gusev and how he's kind of, you know, settling into the NHL. Um, I've seen people say on Twitter that he's, like, a defensive liability, and I can kind of see where they're coming from. I think we don't have a big enough sample size of him in the NHL to say that he's a defensive liability. Like, sure, maybe the first few games, like, he made some not great mistakes, but he's still getting used to North American ice and North American the style of hockey, you know, it's, it's a little different than the KHL. Um, so my question that I want to ask you guys, do you think he's a defensive liability? And if you do, 
doesn't make his, does his drawbacks, sorry, let me rephrase this. Does his play make his drawbacks worth it? So personally, I think yes. I don't think he has that many drawbacks. I think drawbacks is a little too harsh of a word. Um, I think we have to be patient with him um, because, you know, I he's 27. It's not like he's some rookie, but he he's played his whole career over in the KHL. Um, and it's just different hockey over there. It's just a different styles, different ranks, different ice, different players, different size and caliber of players. So I feel like we just need to give him a little bit more time to be uh, kind of, you know, getting under his, getting his feet under him. Um, because I really like what I'm seeing from him so far. And that makes me, you know, question how will he be when he's fully acclimated if I'm already liking what I'm seeing from him? Now, you guys might disagree with me. You guys may be like, Gusev sucks. Gusev is not good. He's not going to be good. That's fine. Disagree with me all you want. You know, tell me. Tell me that you disagree with me. Talk to me about it. Come tweet at me. Tell me that you disagree. I would love to talk to you about this. Because again, it's a small sample size. It's not like Nikita Gusev has played all of these games and I'm trying to defend him even though he sucks. Um, I think that he just, we need to give him a little bit of time. Like we've been given Jack Hughes some time. It's not the same thing, but it's similar in a way. Um, I know I mentioned that I wanted to talk about multiple players. So Miles Wood is the other one that I want to talk about. And I can hear some of you groaning on the other end of this computer. Um, because Miles Wood is just not that good. And I hate to say it because I don't want to be like, oh, this person sucks because, you know, I'm a five foot tall girl. I would not last a day in the NHL. But I can tell, you know, who is and who isn't playing up to par. Um, I don't think Miles Wood is playing up to par. I don't think he's good. Uh, listen, okay. I retract that statement. I don't think he's that good. There we go. I think he takes some really bad penalties. I think that he makes some really bad offensive moves. Um, I think he has some sloppy giveaways. And I sure as heck do not think he should be in the lineup over Boquist. Um, Boquist has proven himself. He's a way better player, way more consistent player than Miles Wood. Um, I just, it baffles me why Hines puts him in the lineup night after night. Um, hopefully something in Hines' head will click soon and he will see that Miles Wood is taking these really bad penalties and fighting, trying to make a case for himself. Um, but I, I just don't know, guys. I don't know. <laughs> Miles Wood is not great. Um, I, I, that's just that simple to me. I don't think he should be in the lineup as consistently as he is, if at all. Um, like, I don't think he'd be bad in the A. I just don't think he belongs in the NHL. Speaking of the A, um, so the Binghamton Devils named their captaincy staff, or not staff, captaincy group. 
So let me just, you know, let you guys know who it is. Um, so the captain is Ben Street. The alternate captains are Dakota Mermis, Julian Melchiori, and Chris Connor. Do you want to know something fun and something that ties all four of these guys together? They were not on the Binghamton Devils last year. That's right. Every single one of them is a newbie to the Binghamton Devils. I have a lot of feelings about this. I have a lot to say about this because I think it's frankly ridiculous. How can you... Okay. Oh, okay. Breathe. How can you expect a group of guys who have not been around this team for very long to adequately lead this team. How do you expect that to work? I just don't understand it. Like, at least give somebody who's been there a long time an A, or one of the younger guys who have been through training camps and training camps an A, or development camps now. Um, just why all newbies? It just, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't see how they're supposed to know this team. Like, leadership is leadership across the board. Like, sure. Like, you're a great captain here. You could be a great captain there. I'm not saying that Ben Street is not a great captain. I'm not saying he's not captain material. I'm just saying that it's not the smartest move for the team as a whole to be giving these new two Binghamton uh, players new to the Devils organization players, these great leadership roles. I don't see how it's going to benefit the team. Like, they don't know these guys. They don't know how the team runs. They don't know how the organization works. They don't know the ins and outs. Like, some of these younger guys even could have stepped up, and I don't see why they didn't. I don't see why we didn't give an A to, say, Nate Bastian or Mikey McLeod. They've been through development camps. They know the organization. I don't see why we gave it to four new to the organization guys. It just does not click with me. Um, I just, I don't see how it's practical in the long run. I don't see how this is going to benefit the team in any way. Uh, tell me what you guys think. Tell me if I'm wrong. Like, tell me if you're like... Ben Street's a fantastic captain. It's going to translate. You know, like, if you really feel that way, let me know. I would love to hear about it. Um, I just I just don't think that it was the move here to do this. I really don't. Um, I think that there were other options. I think that they could have gone without a captain if they wanted to and just given the A's to some prominent guys uh, who have been on the Devils. Um, I just, I don't know, guys. I don't know. I don't think it was a smart move. And that's that on that. Okay, guys. Um, so that's about it for me. Let me look at my notes. Um, so I have a little countdown that I want to start tonight uh, that I'm going to tweet out. Uh, but I also wanted to include here a little countdown of like today's three, tomorrow's two, and then Friday's one and Friday's the game, you know, because, you know, we have this long break, why not do a fun countdown? So let's do three players to keep an eye on tonight uh, for the game on Friday. Um, I think 
that Taylor Hall, as always, is going to be amazing. I think he will score in the game. Um, I think he might open the scoring for the game. Uh, this is all wishful thinking. Um, but I really think that Taylor Hall is going to have a, himself a really good game. I think he'll be well-rested, um, and he's just going to come out and have a great game. Uh, somebody else who I think we should keep an eye on is Nico Heeshier, coming off injury, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast. Um, I think he is going to have a good uh, post-injured game. I don't know how to even put that. Um, I think that he's going to come out and be better than ever. He wants to be out on that ice. You can tell he wants to be with his team and be on the ice and be playing. So I think that Nico Heeshier is going to have himself a good game, whether he likes it or not. Um, and then my last person is somebody I mentioned in my last podcast, which is Pavel Zapka. I just really think that he's on track for a breakout season. I think he's going to really surprise some people this year, and I'm really excited for it. And I think he's also going to have a great game. Um, I have very little to back these three players that I've picked up. I just really think that they have been playing the most consistent on the team. Um, And I think that after all of this rust, there's no reason why they shouldn't be coming out hot, you know? Um, All right, guys. Well, that is it for me today. Um, I really hope you enjoyed this one. Honestly, let me know if you disagree with any of my opinions or let me know if you agree. Uh, Send me some tweets. I love reading them. Um, Sorry that this one's getting out so late. Wednesdays are hard for me. From now on, on Wednesdays, I'll try to get it out in the morning uh, instead of late at night. Um, Hold me to that. (laughs) Um, So as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, send me a tweet uh, at LockedOnDevils on Twitter. Um, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Bye.